It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily podcast on the Minnesota Timberwolves, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen, to another Lockdown Wolves podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. As always, your host here, Colt Molesky, bringing you daily Timberwolves content. Make sure to check out the Lockdown Wolves fan rake site, especially if you want any written content. Also, check out prior podcasts, listen to some of the guests that we've had on over the last couple of months, listen to some of the coverage we've had, great draft podcasts as well uh, it, that we've had over the last couple of weeks, so if you're looking forward to the NBA draft, some prospect analysis in the last couple of shows over over the last couple of weeks of basketball, go check those out. Today, the Minnesota Timberwolves have one game left, one game to make the playoffs, they won against Memphis last night. They won 113-94, which put them in position for the playoffs. They couldn't clinch it, though, because the Portland Trailblazers, they tripped up. They they lost to the Denver Nuggets, and so now Denver and Minnesota play on Wednesday. They're going to go head-to-head for a spot, for the final spot in the Western Conference playoff race. Very exciting stuff. There's a ton of exciting playoff race stuff as well happening tonight and tomorrow. A bunch of teams jockeying for different positions in the West and the East, here to help me break it all down. Chris Graham. Chris, thank you so much for calling in. No less on your way to a game. He's driving to Washington to cover the Celtics-Wizards game, and he was nice enough to call in anyways while he's driving. Thank you so much, Chris. Yeah, man, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And we have a lot to talk about today. I wanted to jump right into breaking down the Grizzlies-Timberwolves game. I don't know how much of this game you caught it was uh, it was t- tight early on. The Memphis Grizzlies were leading the Timberwolves actually twenty six to twenty in the first quarter. I know that had a bunch of Timberwolves fans nervous, especially because surprisingly the Grizzlies have actually the advantage over the Timberwolves. They were two and zero headed into this matchup against the Timberwolves this year, but the Wolves came back with a monster thirty six second quarter. Lots of pieces on this Timberwolves team looked very good. You had Towns with the twenty four points. 18 rebounds. You had Butler with 15 points in 22 minutes. Good to see him getting only a few minutes on the floor. Want to keep him rested for the game against the Nuggets and get him ready for the playoffs. Teague with 24 points, 8 assists in this game. Derrick Rose off the bench with the cool 13 points. You had Gorgie with 11 off the bench as well. 
Solid performance, a pretty top-to-bottom performance from the Timberwolves. I know maybe people are disappointed with Wiggins only getting seven points, but it just felt like everything was working, even if you have low-point totals from starters like Wiggins or Gibson, who only had four points. Everything seemed to be running crisply after a rocky first quarter for the Timberwolves. Lots of passing, lots of great ball movement off the ball for the offensive pieces. You saw it from guys like Towns, guys like Rose, uh, guys like Wiggins, really doing a great job moving off the ball and made a guy like Teague look really good. Uh, Gave him a lot of assists and gave him a lot of open lanes to the basket as well. It looked like the Timberwolves offense that we saw in December where it was running crisply and smoothly and maybe even a little more depth with Rose at point guard to come off the bench. If you're looking at the Timberwolves right now and this is kind of their ceiling, maybe you want to see them blow out the Grizzlies by a little more just because they're a 22-win team. But is this kind of the Timberwolves hitting their stride or is it just them winning against a bad team? Uh, That's a really good question. I mean, you would hope that it's them hitting their stride. I mean, they've got Jimmy Butler back. And like you said, it was nice that they could kind of minimize his effort last night because you want him fully rested going into the playoffs if they were to win on Wednesday night. Uh, but I, I think it, I think it's a little bit of a combination of both. You know, they like you said, they've been a little banged up, so they're starting to get healthy again. And obviously, now is the time you want to be hitting your stride. But it was weird at first. I was watching the Thunder Heat game, and then all of a sudden, I got an update that they were trailing to the Grizzlies after the first quarter, and I was mm-hmm. kind of stunned by that because you watch the, you know, you're watching Twitter before the uh, before the game started. And I think Memphis had like. 100 guys on their injury report. They just weren't playing anyone, so that was a little weird. But, you know, they came back with that strong second quarter, and you'd like to think that it's them hitting their stride. And, and they're going to be well-rested going into Wednesday night, which is obviously the game of all games. So, you know, if you're a Timberwolves fan, always take the glass-half-full mentality, and it, it, say it's them hitting their stride. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. And this is not to yeah. pat myself on the back, but you are a man who covers uh, a bulk of the NBA, not just specific teams. So it's good to get an outside kind of read on the Timberwolves going into the last game of the season. I know that uh, the narrative around the Timberwolves has definitely not always been positive around uh, what they've done this year around their head coach. But heading to the last couple of games, I know three-point shooting is one thing I wanted to get to here. And uh, it is still a concern, especially going against uh, a Nuggets team that has been shooting fairly well from outside as of late. But even without that, this team seems to – I like how they played Derrick Rose 21 minutes. I like Tyus Jones and Crawford both getting 25 and 23 minutes. If this team is willing to reach into its bench and play with a little more versatility, use the multiple guards they have to show defenses a few different looks throughout a game, I think this offense can actually be really dangerous in the postseason. Now, the real question is, is, is it still uh, – is it still a really massive year for the Timberwolves just to make the playoffs, or is there a bittersweet because they have to play the Rockets in the first round? Yeah, that's tough. I mean, obviously you're going to run into a buzzsaw if you do win on Wednesday night, and it is it has to be bittersweet because you know no one really wants to face the Rockets. But I definitely agree with what you said about dipping into the Timberwolves bench. You know, that always has it that hasn't always mm-hmm. been Thibodeau's strong suit. You know, to say the least. Not, uh, <laughs> he, he, to say the least, yeah, that's being polite. Um, so I, I definitely think he should dip into his bench a little bit more just to kind of mess with other teams' defenses, and that's something that Denver has struggled with this year is kind of defending on the go and adjusting. They, they haven't really performed well in that 
situation where they game plan for one thing and get something else thrown at them, and guys like Joe Kitchen and Jamal, you know, they, they struggle. So I think especially against a team like Denver, a younger team that, yeah, they're hot right now, but if you throw something at them that they probably weren't expecting, I think that could go, you know, it, it, could, help the, it could help the T-Wolves out a lot. Going into the the postseason, I think with Kawhi, is it fair to say with Kawhi Leonard out, Jimmy Butler maybe is one of the best defenders in the postseason if they make the postseason uh, in the Western Conference, uh, and it yeah. still might not matter because they can't figure out how to consistently hit threes. Yeah, it really is tough because I would agree with that. Without Kawhi, I think Jimmy's probably the probably the toughest on ball defender. I mean. You're hoping he's completely healthy, and you're hoping that he can play to the you know top of his ability. But again, you can have the best on-ball defender in the world, and you're still going to have trouble stopping that perimeter offense that the Rockets run. You know, I, I've yet to see anyone really combat it properly. But staying away from the idea of that that scary idea of facing the Rockets, yeah, I would say Jimmy Butler's probably atop that defensive grade, assuming he's completely healthy. I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. We still have a really tough game against the Denver. We act like I'm wearing a jersey on the bench. <laughs> uh, the Timberwolves still have a really tough game against the Denver Nuggets on Wednesday. But it was good to see uh, everything kind of running smoothly after that first half of action. I really liked seeing Towns uh, play with a bunch of different guys. I I think I, I'm having a little bit of a, a, a crisis here of, of self kind of going 180 on the whole Derrick Rose. I was very opposed to him joining the team. Didn't think he would help at all. But now I see the way he, he's been playing, especially with the other guards with, guards with Teague and Tyus Jones. He's been doing some really good stuff off ball. And then when he's in there, uh, you saw the nice behind-the-back play to Towns, but when he's in there and handling the ball, he's not looking to shoot first. I can't believe I'm saying this, but is Derrick Rose a, a solid addition for the Timberwolves uh, headed into the last game of the season? Pretty bizarre, man. I mean, I'm, I'm right there with you. When he was initially, you know, going through his free agency uh, car wash, essentially, I thought whoever <laughs> signed him was going to be an idiot, just a total idiot. But he's proven to be a pretty reliable source off the bench, which I never thought I would say. And, you know, previously when he was with the Bulls way back, you know, prior to all of his injuries, he was a solely on-ball guard. And, I, yeah, he was phenomenal, but he wasn't too versatile. He had one role, More and that efficient. was really it. Yeah, exactly. But like you said, he's kind of shown the ability to work off the ball pretty well, working alongside guys like Teague. And, and that's, you know, I never thought I would say that with a guy like Derrick Rose. But he's proven to be a reliable source off the bench. And if Thibodeau's willing to go into his bench, he's going to help him on Wednesday night because they've got a really good backcourt in Denver. And again, Derrick Rose is someone who can kind of shake things up on the offensive end for Minnesota. And that's going to mess up Denver's defense. You know, I, I know it will. I've seen it happen numerous times this year. So he could definitely help them on Wednesday night and surely into the playoffs if they were to win. Well, and my thinking around this, too, is that 13 points, 3 assists off the bench, very nice, especially when he was shooting 50% and only taking 10 shots, and he got to the free throw yeah. line as well. Really solid, and I know that he doesn't help the defense, but at this point, I don't know if there is helping the Minnesota defense, so I think you might as well just commit to what really makes your squad good, and that's uh, streaking to the basket and uh, all different kinds of offense to the that's cutting to the basket. So I think I, I'd take the offense over trying to find uh, maybe 
pieces on the scrap heap that are going to fix the defense and potentially not pan out, and then you have this more dead weight on the back end of your roster. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And, I mean, at this point of the season, you kind of have to accept what you have and, and work with that. <laughs> exactly. So it's a little late to be making, you know, a, a massive defensive adjustment or, or really trying to change a player's style and something that they've been doing not only this season but their whole career. So, yeah, it, you're just going to have to ride with what you got. And that's kind of what Thibodeau has been known for doing. You know, he's not someone who really tries to make crazy adjustments to guys. And I think that's a good thing because if you start doing that at this point in the season, especially when you essentially have a play-in game on Wednesday, it's just not – that's not what you're looking for, and that's not a successful way to prepare a team going into the playoffs. Last Derrick Rose topic before we move on to the rest of the playoff picture that's going to be changing over the next couple of days. Is it just a matter – when he was coming in, I was skeptical not only because – I think that the the team needed three-point shooting, and I wasn't sure he would really help with that at all. But also because of the problems he's had off the basketball court, obviously well-documented his absence from both the Knicks and the Cavaliers, where he kind of ghosted both of those teams uh, during the season when he's supposed to be playing basketball, off-the-court issues and de- dealing with stuff with his family. Is it just a matter of he's been on enough teams where it was kind of a wake-up call that he needed uh, to get turn things around, or – is Tibbs the key, and he's the the really one of the only guys who can really get Rose locked into the basketball season? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, obviously, you don't you don't want a player who just ghosts teams left and right. That's not a that's not a great <laughs> not typically trend. Yeah, not, that's not typically what you're looking for in a guy. But maybe it is Tibbs. You know, I really don't have a complete answer to that. I've obviously I've heard from around the league that. If there's anyone that knows how to put him onto the court and how to work with him, it's Tibbs. Um, obviously, you know, he coached him in Chicago, and they were they were real tight there, and Derrick Rose was his leader. So if you're looking to straighten out what's been an issue over the last year or so for Derrick Rose, it definitely can't hurt having Thibodeau be his head coach. Now, if that's the solution, I'm not, I'm not really sure. But it seems to be working right now, and, you know, unless maybe he – they went on Wednesday, and then he ghosts them in the playoffs. Then we then we'll find out if he's really the the charm or not. But I think Tibbs <laughs> is probably part of the uh, part of the solution there. Or at least we hope. Oh gosh, M- Minneapolis would just lose <laughs> its collective mind. <laughs> yeah, oh, that, that wouldn't be ideal. No, it would not. All right, we're gonna get to a quick break before we break down a couple of the things happening uh, over the next couple of nights in the NBA. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Like I said earlier, exciting times in basketball. We have a lot of a lot of situations that could change for multiple teams over the next couple of nights here. You have the Philadelphia 76ers sitting in the third seed, but the Cleveland Cavaliers could overtake them if the 76ers have a couple slip-ups. They play Atlanta and Milwaukee tonight and tomorrow. You have the Utah Jazz 
The Jazz were not so long ago in that 10th spot looking on the outside trying to get into the playoffs. Now they might actually be able to get into the third seed. They're one game behind the Portland Trailblazers and they play the Golden State Warriors tonight and they play Portland tomorrow. So they could actually have a, a chance at going for that third seed in the Western Conference. Uh, the game you're going to, the one for the Wizards, it's important for the Wizards if they wanted to get out of that eighth seed. They could potentially get into the seventh spot to play Boston in the first round. Uh, and from what I've been told from uh, the basketball I've watched, Wizard, the Wizards aren't really too much of a fan of Boston, so I think they would really relish the idea of trying to kick Boston out in the first round, especially now because they don't have a Kyrie Irving going into the first round of the playoffs, or actually in any round, and they probably won't have Gordon Hayward either. Lots of playoff scenarios. Am I missing anything? I feel like there's a couple more that could potentially happen, uh, but a lot of movement that you could see happening over the next couple of nights. What's your favorite thing to watch over the next two days of the regular season of basketball? Yeah, that's, that's tough, but it's unbelievable the way this schedule is lining up. It's like the NBA's dream in terms of viewership. They're going to have no shortage of entertainment over the next couple of days. Um, starting with the Sixers, I, I think I, I don't really see them slipping up. I mean, they're a young team that's riding really high right now, and with that, even without Joel Embiid, you know, they've won 14 games in a row. Two seasons ago, they won 10 games, and now they have 50 wins on the season. You know, it's, it's pretty remarkable what they've been able to do even down this stretch without Embiid. So I see them kind of locking up the three-seed, uh, you know, regardless of if Cleveland will go further in the playoffs, which I think they will. I don't think the Sixers will give up that three-seed. Uh, Utah has been so much fun to watch over the last month to two months. You know, they, they had a slip-up and lost to Atlanta a while back, and then I think they've lost five games since then. That was like two months ago. I think they're like 20-something and, and five. They're on a roll since Rudy Gobert came back. Obviously, he's a defensive force, and they've been really, really good. I would love to see them overtake that third seed from Portland. But, again, it lines up perfectly for them. They've got the ability to, to you know, almost control their own destiny after playing Golden State. They've got Portland on Wednesday. Um, so that would be absolutely tremendous. But I think one of the more interesting situations is the bottom of the Eastern Conference that you were hitting on. Um, when you've got, you know, the Wizards and the Celtics playing tonight and ultimately having a chance to play in the first round. I think the Wizards are really looking to win this game tonight and dig themselves out of the eighth seed because at this point, who wouldn't want to play a banged-up Celtics team? You know, no Gordon Hayward, no Kyrie Irving, no Daniel Tice. They're missing the majority of their team, and now it sounds like until late in the first round they'll be missing Marcus Smart as well. So if you're the Wizards, you want to try and win tonight dig yourself out of that seventh spot and then ultimately try and, you know, or I'm sorry, out of the eighth spot to then play the Celtics in the first round. I think that would be ideal for them. And, you know, the Celtics have openly said they don't want to get Washington in round one. They've got a healthy John Wall just coming back from injury. Obviously they've got Otto Porter and Bradley Beal there as well. So they kind of pose as a threat to the bottom of that Eastern Conference and probably the biggest scare to the top seeds in the, in the East. But, we could go all day talking about these next couple of days. There's plenty of implications out there. Oh, definitely. And the other thing, too, is uh, now I don't know if Toronto, because Boston cannot catch, there's not enough games left for Boston to catch Toronto in the one seed. I don't know how right. uh, how many of their stars are going to rest for this game, but Miami is finishing their season against Toronto. So if the Wizards can win tonight against the Celtics, they play the Orlando Magic on the road, and the Miami Heat, who they would be tied with as they won tonight, 
would have to play to the Toronto Raptors. So I'm not sure how many of the starters the, for the Raptors are going to be out there, but that is pretty favorable for Washington. Yeah, definitely. Dwayne Casey had hinted that he wasn't going to rest anyone going forward, so that would make Toronto a tough opponent you know, to finish out the regular season. Sometimes coaches say that, though, and then they'll back mm-hmm. off as they kind of look at the big picture. So I wouldn't be surprised if he does do that. But, again, it, it's, it's just kind of a mess down there with it's all a bunch of what-if scenarios, which is fun. I kind of feel like it feels like the end of a Major League Baseball season where you're just doing the, you know, the, the what-if scenarios with if this team wins here and this team loses here. But, again, I think Washington's best scenario would be to get the Celtics. I think the Celtics' best scenario – would be to get Milwaukee. Milwaukee, regardless of if they have Giannis, who's one of the toughest matchups in the world, the rest of their team is just kind of a mess right now. I think it goes back to their issues with coaching. But I think that would probably be the best matchup for the Celtics. They've, the Celtics have trouble have had trouble this year with Miami. So out of those three teams, I think they'd love to see the to see the Bucks. Absolutely. Uh, I, we're going to talk about the, the Minnesota-Denver game tomorrow, uh, preview that one the day of. Uh, I know that's a, a one with big playoff implications, especially for the, the Minneapolis faithful for their Timberwolves. The one I didn't get to, which I just remember now, obviously, 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 we're all excited for the Phoenix-Dallas game tonight, uh, trying to decide who will get that number <laughs> one pick. But I would encourage people to look. The I think the biggest of the two days, if you're not a Timberwolves fan, the biggest uh, game with implications is actually San Antonio on the road against New Orleans because, New Orleans, yeah. because if you are New Orleans – you are in that fifth spot. You're you're not playing anybody like the the Warriors or the Rockets. But if you're the San Antonio Spurs, you have a chance to get out of the seventh seed and not play Golden State in the first round. That's a huge game for both those teams. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, a lot of people, you know, will look at that game at the surface and just kind of say, "Well, they're both in the playoffs already, so it's not you know as big of a game as Denver and." And Minnesota, which it's not, but the implications there are equally as big because that can determine their fate, essentially, for the playoffs. And and uh, I'm looking forward to that a ton. You know, I think that, along with Denver-Minnesota, are probably the two biggest games remaining in both conferences uh, for the rest of the year. But, yeah, that's a huge game matchup-wise because teams love lining up their matchups pre, uh, pre-playoffs. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, then that is an end-all, be-all for both of those teams. Exciting way to finish out the NBA season. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited for all these games. This is if you don't have NBA League Pass, I would I would recommend actually getting it. I would spend the money for just these next two days because I think it would be worth 100%. it honestly to get it for yeah two yeah. Days. Gra- grab a life grab a lifetime subscription while you're there because it's definitely worth it. You'll uh, lose you'll lose a lot of friends, but it's definitely worth it. Who needs friends when you have basketball all the time? Ex- exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right, before we head out here, one last question for you, Chris. If you have to be one of these teams that is controlling their own destiny, not just any playoff team, but the one that's controlling their own destiny over the next two days, which one do you want to be? Oh, that's tough. I mean, I'm never a a real supporter of lining up your playoff matchups. Um, So the situation with San Antonio and New Orleans, I kind of stay away from. I I think you would have to go with Minnesota or Denver because – what else can you ask for? You control your own destiny. You win, you're in. You lose, you're done. So I don't think there's anything more straightforward than that. I don't think there's anything really, anything else you could ask for. You, you got to, everything's in your hands. Win and, and you're in. So I think that's really definitely the most fun 
of all of the scenarios, mm-hmm. and, and I, I don't understand how you could stay away from that. I mean, it's the most entertaining, and I'm a big fan of controlling your own state. And once you get in, anything is possible. So I would definitely say being Denver or Minnesota seems the most appealing to me, even though you're fighting for the eighth. No, yeah, that definitely, especially the, it almost embodies the March Madness feeling of uh, the one game does. for ultimate success. Uh, I yeah. really like the San Antonio-New Orleans game as well. Uh, the Miami game, too, uh, you're fa- you're facing a Toronto. Again, I know that what Dwayne Casey said, but I think uh, in the third quarter, Dwayne Casey is going to look at his sheet and say, why am I playing DeRozan over 22 minutes when we have this all locked up? Why would I Why would I play yeah, Kyle exactly. Lowry this many minutes? I think, this, I think I might want to be Miami just because – I really don't think Toronto, the Toronto starters are going to play uh, through the entire game, and I really think Miami actually wants to play Boston in that first round. I think they've got a couple of guys that kind of bug the Celtics, and they're a team that's uh, with their head coach and their organization. I think they're just confident against the Celtics, and that rivalry of old when they had LeBron is going to be, I think Dwayne Wade is going to try and spark that again in his locker room, and his veteran presence is going to help bring great. a lot of confidence to this young team. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I mean, if you're anyone in the East right now, why wouldn't you want to play the Celtics? They're all banged up. And like you said, the Heat won the season series against the Celtics. They're much more of a team, which rather than – the Celtics haven't ever had a problem with, you know, gluing into one star player. But they have had issues with teams that are very well-balanced and well-coached, and that's the Heat. Uh, So, again, if they can get, you know, a second half free of DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry, I think it would be phenomenal for them, and they would love to just – waltz right into Boston and kind of have have their way with the injured Celtics, you know? Yeah, talk about a year from hell for the Celtics. No kidding, no kidding. Anything you want to plug before we head out here, Chris? No, just keep an eye out for anything SB Nation in terms of the NBA playoffs. I cover a multitude of teams for them, so just the NBA uh, NBA page over on SB Nation, great coverage, and there's there's plenty there for both conferences, so you can't go wrong. Absolutely, and uh, make sure to keep an eye on all the games on as well tonight. Again, lots happening over the next two days in the NBA, and you wouldn't want to miss anything and then be the guy in the office that doesn't know what's going on when all his buddies are talking about the NBA games. All right, thank you very much, Chris, for joining the show on the road, and thank you to the listeners for tuning in to another Lockdown Wolves podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. You are Locked On Timberwolves. Your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.